wanna get high, man. Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello, and welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 229. It's Friday, March 5th, 2021. 2021. Um, so, a little bit of, uh, I guess you'd call it housekeeping. Housekeeping. Um, so, I've moved from Libsyn to Buzzsprout. <clears throat> That probably means nothing to a lot of you, and I hope it doesn't mean anything because that means the transition was seamless. If that does indeed explain a lot of things, that means there's something going on and I fucked up the transfer. So if there's any issues with the podcast, that could be why I switched RSS feeds from Libsyn to Buzzsprout. Why did I do that? Why did I, Why would you do such a thing? Um... Well, Libsyn, okay, Libsyn's tried and true. Libsyn's very stable. It's pricey, and I don't really get anything out of it except for the fact that I just upload the files. They just host my files. So really, I'm paying, you know, 30, 20, 30, whatever bucks for a file hosting service. You know, it's kind of, so Buzzsprout, much more reasonable. They also have, like, a nice ecosystem ecosystem that's a whole i don't know like a built-in platform new plat i'm looking for look libsyn is an old platform fucking mark marins who's huge on there you know what i mean it's like i'm never gonna be break through all the algorithms with my questionable questionable views on race and gender <laughs> you know like no i'm just i'm not gonna you know what i mean like i so i need newer markets newer pools newer ecosystems you are bigger fish in smaller ponds you know looking for ponds that will become streams streams of revenue huh all right uh so so buzzsprout one of the reasons i did that was um because i've been listening to the podcasting 2.0 podcast that adam curry has on he's been talking about buzzsprout a lot and how they do things right and they work seamlessly with the podcast index that he's created as an alternative to the apple podcast index this is all really funny isn't it funny and fascinating stuff but look listen all i'm saying is i'm just getting moving some stuff things are moving around i bought the domain rojan.kim that is that (laughs) there's a dot kim domain did you know that (laughs) wasn't that crazy actually kind of makes sense a bunch of koreans a lot of koreans going for that dot kim like me, it's a fucking no-brainer, Rojan.kim, that's fucking, so I think I'm going to change, you know, go from Rojan.kim.com, Rojan.kim, oh, fuck it, whatever, it doesn't matter, who cares, who cares, uh, I don't know, maybe you guys do, I don't know, it's housekeeping, what about, I get so, I'm so cynical about my own self-promotion, and then I end up not self-promoting, it's like really just, why, I need, I need a flavor flave, man. I need, I need a guy who's just unabashedly, or girl, or dog. I don't really care what it is. It's just somebody who's not me, who is just unabashedly was like, yeah, fucking, yeah, he's on Buzzsprout. <laughs> Say, fuck Libsyn, he's on Buzzsprout now. You got podcasting 2.0, tell him all about it. What is that? Um, new domain, holy shit. Uh, it, uh did you know that it's, there's like a business of flipping domains? I, I should have known that. Of course there is. Uh, you know, people go out and snatch up domains and they flip them. And so, you know, I've just put everything into domains, guys. I've just put everything I've had left and I just bought 
you know, things like uh, 420, Gangbang, 69 Lovers, um, Smoke Weed, Erday, uh, dot com, Smoke dot weed. Uh, I got that. <laughs> no, I somebody already else snapped up Smoke dot weed. You could basically make any domain you want now. You get like, um, you know, like. Well, I was trying to think of the most offensive. <laughs> trying to think of the most offensive thing I could make a domain out of, and then it was just a flood, a flood of them. And then I was like, "Oh shit! Wait, should I say like uh, just like a dot gook, dot chink, dot gook? I could start there. That's my lane. But then, what if we went dot nig? Uh oh, dot jew, dot okay. We're gonna do race dot trans. <sighs> dot fuck. All right. Um. Anyways, that's how, how, isn't that just like the sign of the times uh, to flip domains? Essentially, just what are, it's nothing, right? I mean, you're flipping, I mean, I mean, how different is that from, I guess, stocks or uh, Bitcoin or Dogecoin, any, anything, anything. Kind of tells you just the market is what decides value, right? Like fucking it, weed.com a long time ago was worth nothing. Weed, but now weed.com is going to fuck it. Someone's going to pay a pretty penny for weed.com. Okay. If I, it might even, or smoke.weed. Dot-com's over. Maybe dot-com is like, you know, uh, a relic of the 20th century, guys. You don't need to do dot-com anymore. You could do dot-anything. Don't you understand? You got to get with the times. You got fucking be a dinosaur struggling with the dot com. Hold it. It's dot com or nothing. It's dot com or nothing. Just like people probably held onto their horses and like, it's horses or nothing. The car will never replace the horse. This is an animal. This is a living, breathing animal that I've raised from a foal. And I broke it in and we have a bond and, you know, and it's a living, breathing thing. No one's, how will anybody ever replace that? That person looks like a, an idiot now, right? That person made the, a wrong bet. That person was still alive. Be like, fuck! Should have put it into cars, you know? Should have, should have really, should have really put it into cars. Cars are everywhere, yeah. Cars are everywhere. Are they perfect? No, no, they're not. Is this the best possible iteration? I mean, are there better cars coming? Sure. You know, there's electric cars coming. There's cars. There's cars that could run on water. In the 70s, they figured out they could use, um, it's like electrolysis, you know, when you hook up a battery and put the positive and the negative in water, like, and separate them. The fucking hydrogen and oxygen separates, right? Because I think oxygen has a negative charge, hydrogen has a positive charge, so they naturally go toward their opposites. So if you took the you know, like the container, the test tube that had the negative ion, the negative side in it, and you filled it with hydrogen, you can fucking light it on fire because hydrogen is flammable, right? You just, it'll just go. Anyways, what am I saying? Oh, yeah, they would take that hydrogen and turn it into fuel. They could actually do that. This is a thing that could be done. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember reading about it, you know, like this is a, people have made engines that run on water. So it's totally possible, but but where where is it? Is it? Do we have it? No, no, we don't. We're just barely getting batteries into cars. Okay, you know why? Because it's fucking cheap as fuck to run a car on gas and oil, or it was. I mean, I guess as soon as it gets too expensive and batteries are cheaper, that um, that'll all change. But if you really think about how are batteries made, they're made from mining metals, processing. You know, like turning that. It's all industrial processing, which requires petroleum you think it's all solar powered how do you think those fucking giant 
excavators and bulldozers and sh- you know fucking drills and shit. What do you think they're powered with? Battery? <laughs> you think they're fucking? They fucking charge them every night. They have to plug in the drill, the massive drill going into the earth. They have to like plug it in every night to recharge. I mean, no, it's it's all gas powered. As long as there's industrial scale production, it's there's no suitable replacement yet. Oil's going through the roof, guys. Buy oil. Buy oil in barrels and store it under your house. Store. <laughs> That's what you do. Just go to the gas to the gas station and just start collecting barrels of oil. Just start filling oil barrels with gasoline. Just roll them out of there. Yeah, they can't stop you. They can't stop you. That's not illegal. Um, all right. Uh, I may have gone on a tangent there. I was talking about Rojan.com. You know what? Don't go there yet. I haven't started. Just go Rojan.com. Don't change anything. See, this is the problem. Why am I telling you things that haven't happened yet? You, you, there's no call to act. It's a call to inaction. Okay. <clears throat> Next thing. I got my node running. I got my Bitcoin node running, guys. And... Um, I guess that's cool. That's cool. I don't know, no idea what I'm doing, but I got it. Oh, I, look, the whole point of me getting that thing set up is so that I could start this um, podcasting 2.0 thing. This like, so it's over this app called Sphinx Chat, which uses the Lightning Network, which is a layer on top of the Bitcoin network, and it allows you to instantly send fractions of Bitcoin to anybody. So that's being incorporated with podcasting so that people can start tipping you for your podcast. So, uh, you know, when I do things like 42069, somebody might be like, bing, bing, you know, give me, they like it. They like it when I say 42069, okay? That's look at the kids like. I'm on the forums, and I see what the kids like. They like hodl. They like it when you say hodl. They love 42069. They love saying half fun staying poor. They love saying diamond hands. You know, these are all, <laughs> I'm mixing uh, tribes here. I'm mixing the Bitcoin and the Wall Street bets tribes, but whatever, they're going to merge. It's all going to, it's all going to merge. It's all going to happen. It's all coming, guy. <laughs> I don't know. It's very vague. I've got vague portents of optimism and doom. That's what I do. It's very vague. Well, listen, the states are opening up. Fucking Connecticut. Okay, look. Texas opened up and everybody's like, how could Texas? Texas just froze over. And now they're, and then people are fucking, people are dying, freezing to death a week ago in Texas. And then the governor's like, let's open this shit up. And then people are like, how dare you? People are dying. It's just like, yeah, they're not dying from COVID. They're dying from the cold, the cold, not the, the common cold, but the literal cold. All right. You know why the fucking, they couldn't get energy, the gas to people is because they use renewables, wind and shit to power their fucking, the, the generators that heat up. All right. The whole point is, you just, let's just try to keep going. Get back to, get to work. People want to work. People want to do stuff. All right. All right. Anyways, where am I? What am I now? Am I an anti-masker? I'm an anti-masker. Um. Not really. Okay. If you're going to make me pick a side, I would choose anti-mask. Um, but I don't believe in sides. Okay? I don't believe in sides. And there's a war coming. And this is my way. Just like I got through, I'm going to get through this whole pandemic without taking a single COVID test. I'm going to try not to take the vaccine. I'm going to fucking, I'm, I'm taking a knee till the shit runs out. Like, I see it coming. It's happening. Okay? States of Connecticut opened up. 
all right? Connecticut, fucking liberal bastion, Connecticut. They're, they're like, dude, we don't need to. They're, one by one, all the states will start opening up. One by one, the news is going to try and start Washington and be like, they're trying. Washington's paranoid as fuck. They're like, they're, they think that something's going to happen. And they're going to they're gonna make something happen because of that. Meanwhile, nothing's actually happening. People are starting opening up. Cases are plummeting. You know why? You know why cases are plummeting? Because it's seasonal, okay? And the peak of cold and flu season, respiratory disease season, usually like February, March, and it's going to just start going down crazy. And so you notice how Biden's like, we'll try to get everybody vaccinated by May. That's because in May, the cases are going to get squashed down to zero because it's seasonality. Look at what happened last time. Okay. Last time we were all tricked into thinking we're all going to die. And by summer, the shit was like squashed and then second wave and that, right? Like it's. It seems to be a wave-like pattern, like the flu. Hmm, interesting. Seasonality. I'm telling you, by summertime in the northern hemisphere, cases are going to go down. Southern hemisphere, cases are going to go up, and everybody's going to be like, oh, shit. And then by winter, it's going to come back again. Probably not as severe, but because by this time, people are more immune, and there's vaccines and all that stuff. It's better for people to get it, Okay. Or, or sure, get vaccinated. I'm not anti-vax either because you know what a vaccine is? A vaccine is just getting it. Do you understand what a vaccine A vaccine is just getting it. A vaccine is just getting it so that your immune system goes and then you don't, that's, that's all it is. So it's like, you just go get it. You could have gone and gotten it. All right, I'm not going to. I'm just saying like, yeah, all right. Look at Florida, places that are totally open, places that are totally closed. You look at a fucking graph, you look at them, it's the same. It's the fucking same. So then which one would you rather be in? Like, if, if neither one made a difference, would you rather be free and open or fucking closed up and afraid? All right, this is not, I veer, I'm veering more and more away from comedy, probably going to some kind of polemic, um, I don't know, maybe I just yell Maybe that's what I was at. 45 minutes of yelling. That's what I wrote in Kimcast. 45 minutes of yelling. Uh, 40, <laughs> 45 minutes of pointing out the hypocrisies. You know, I know that. Yeah. All right. um, that would have been a good catchphrase if I didn't fucking fumble there at the end. I just didn't have anything ready. I didn't have a word ready at the end. I should have had a word ready. God damn it. Um, anyways. Uh, you'll notice that the vaccines now are chasing the cases plummeting. It was like, we can't explain why the cases are going down faster than the vaccine because of the seasonality. All right, I'll move on. Um, markets, is this a new show? What am I, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. Look, everybody's talking about, is the stock market going to crash? Because it crashed last month, uh, last year at this time in March. It's fucking tax season. You know what I'm saying? People are selling their shit. But I think, you know, what's what's going on? Not that I'm some genius. I'm just saying, I'm just repeating something that I've heard. <laughs> and I'm repeating it to you, my listeners. Uh, but I think it's the markets. Uh, they're playing chicken with the Fed. Right? The chicken, with uh, there's a crazy thing going on with bonds. Okay. Let me tell you about bonds. Bond market is a sign of coming inflation. All right. The, uh, I guess, fucking massive sell-off. And the bonds, because the bonds are like where the safe, it's like the safe place where you put your money. Um, a conservative portfolio is 60% uh, bonds, 40% stocks. You know what I mean? And that's 60%. I might have got that backwards. I fucking have no idea what I'm talking <laughs> all, all I'm saying is traditionally you use the bonds in your portfolio to hedge against any volatility because they're supposed to be the most stable thing but now 
people are like, and U.S. bonds, by far the most stable thing in the world because it's a global currency and all that. The U.S. is, the, you know, everybody's like strength of the U.S. And so people are like, hey, it's a safe place to park your money. Okay. So uh, after the last financial crisis, they've again drove the interest rates down to prevent, to make it more sweet for people to put their money in the stock market where they get more yield, more returns than in the bond market where they're putting the interest rates down. Okay. But now, now that the bond market, the people are starting to fucking sell off bonds, right? Driving the yield rates up. I don't know how that works. I think it's a supply and demand thing. Is like they can't, everybody has to own bonds for them to keep the, the rate down. But as soon as everybody starts selling it, it's like the rate has to go up in order, you know what I mean? So like, but when the rates go up, that freaks everybody out. And people start selling their fucking stocks. They're like, ah, stocks, like, you know, like, um, because what's happening is like typically what's supposed to happen is when stocks go down and bonds go up. When bonds go down, stocks go up. But when bonds go down and stocks go down, everybody goes sell. Everybody like sell, you know. And so, so that's what's going on. The markets are fucking playing with the Fed because the Fed, you know, is supposed to dump money. Where's the stimulus? Where's the money? That's what the market is. It's like we'll fucking crash this. We will crash this motherfucker unless you make it rain. It's basically like a stripper holding the strip club hostage's Molotov cocktail, and she's like, "You motherfuckers better make it rain, or I'm gonna drop. <laughs> I'm gonna torch this whole thing, right?" And then all the guys have to get up and just go right and just start fucking making it rain. And then the party goes out, the music starts, and like, yeah, come to the stage, it's peaches, right? And just, Woo! money printer go and all these strippers holding molotov cocktails fucking just dancing around you know these fucking cocktails are on fire and it's like don't drop hope nobody drops them they're fucking getting and then they start getting bold you know what i mean the strippers start getting bold they start juggling the fucking molotov cocktails they start fucking passing them to each other fucking just doing juggling routines behind the back fucking and then you gotta keep making it rain guys make it rain or they're gonna drop it they're gonna drop the molotov cocktail and nobody's like you know nobody's thinking for a second maybe we should leave this club maybe we should get out of here maybe we get out of here um should we get out of here the strip club is they're juggling molotov cocktails i mean it's a fucking wonderful show i mean it's a great show can you imagine how thrilling it's gotta be one of the most thrilling you probably forget after a while that they're naked you know what i mean you just forget and that the the mere fact that you could die instantly you know just a blaze of gasoline and fire. That's that's gotta that's gotta get your wallet out. You're gonna hit that ATM. Just get give it to me all in ones. Just a brrr, we're making it rain. Yeah, and hopefully you know, and just do 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 do. Right, they could play circus music for all you care. You don't care. You're so mesmerized by the hurled Molotov cocktails going through the air, being caught deftly by strippers, and then being juggled behind their backs. Just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! This shit. Someone's gonna drive. Oh my god! Oh, what's gonna happen, dude? If one of them fucking lands, the whole thing goes up. The whole thing, and plus there's paper money. Ever the paper's gonna catch on the whole place. The strip. You think a strip club is fucking non-flammable? This shit is flammable as fuck. It's just a. The whole thing's gonna go up. Just fucking, just screaming strippers and men and money and just gasoline, just fucking and just dying. And that's what's um, that's what's coming, guys. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm always I'm an eternal optimist. Here's the thing. I'm optimistic, man. Um, cause I I find things. I find things in times when uh hmm. When I find myself in times of trouble, marijuana comes to me. All right, uh, that's if I was a really bad comedian. That's the kind of stuff. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I would do on stage, and I would be way more successful. Speaking words of weed, dumb. All right, sorry. Uh, four twenty. All right. Four twenty. Four twenty. Okay. <laughs> I should become a weed, Asian weed guitar comedian. 420, 420. Whisper words of weeddom. 420. All right. Um, speaking of music, the newest craze, newest craze going on out there, the NFTs, guys. Have you? Are you all about the NFTs? Do you know what the fucking NFT is? You know what an NFT is? Um, I had no idea what an NFT is until I looked it up, and it stands for non-fungible token. Non-fungible token. Okay, what the fuck does that mean? Well, fungibility... Um, let me see. Should I have actually done some research? Because fungibility is um, one of the qualities of money okay um and yes yeah, fungibility okay so it's the property of a good or a commodity whose individual units are essentially interchangeable and each of its parts is indistinguishable from another part right so money is fungible right because you can basically make fives and tens and five you know and you can interchange them and a five is not a ten okay like a ten isn't twenty is not a ten and uh bitcoin is fungible right uh, uh, Bitcoin, one Bitcoin is a hundred million Satoshis, right? And you get sats, sats, you know, in each sat, 10 sats is not two sats, you know, and so it's fungible. So a non-fungible token is a good that you, you is indivisible, right? Uh, which makes sense in the case of what they're doing. Cause it's like art, uh, uh, but there's no units. You can't really fractionalize. I mean, I'm sure they will fractionalize it. That's that's coming. They're gonna fucking they fractionalize everything. They're gonna take fucking NFTs. So non fungible token, right? Essentially, it is a token crafted on the Ethereum network, part of the Ethereum blockchain, usually that verifies a digital. It's like a digital certificate. So like if you have a piece of art, digital art, it certifies that this is. Uh, you know, this is this piece of art is signed by this person. You can't replicate it. You can't duplicate it. You can tell if it's been duplicated. You can't, and you also can't divide it. It's not divisible into units to be sold or anything. It's not really cu- currency. It's it's basically like a painting, but digital, right? It doesn't really exist, right? Um, and it, okay, so in some ways, it's really right, like the crypto version of Seinfeld, right? It's like a, it's a, it's going about nothing, going about nothing. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing backing the coin except for the value of the thing in and of itself. So if like Banksy minted an NFT, right? He made this NFT, and everybody's like, ooh, one, there's no value in and of itself except for the fact that people want it, which is really all demand, and anything, anything that has a price. That's all that is. It's just people want it, and then there's the sellers who set the price, and if enough people want it and meet that price, that's the price. You know, that's that's all it is. If, again, nobody wants it, right? Like, listen, what's the most valuable, one of the most valuable things on earth is water, right? You'll fucking die without water. 
three days without water, you'll die. So this must be the most valuable commodity in the world, right? No matter where you go. I mean, because every single human being needs water, right? Everybody needs water. Why wouldn't it be? Why shouldn't water just be worth fucking $100 a bottle, right? What if you just went, right? What if you went to the, the, the Colorado River, right? What if you went right by the Colorado River and you were like selling $100 bottles of water? Of course you'd sell them all, right? Because people would fucking... No, because... The Colorado River is a massive supply of fresh water, free fresh water. Why would they pay you $100 for your bottle of water when they could get free fresh water? You know where your water comes from? The fucking Colorado River, okay? Like, why would they pay for you know, supply and demand? The supply overwhelms the demand. So that, that's why you can't sell that. Now you go to the fucking, you know, some desert, right? Some, you know, you go to, you go to Dubai, you could sell a hundred dollar bottle of water, okay? You, you trick, you could market it. You could be like, "This is eye water. This is Apple's finest first foray into the water market." Okay, <laughs> like this is that they'll buy, it, they'll buy it, they'll buy it. Okay, that's what it is. So, in terms of these non fungible tokens, um, essentially they're just like imaginary constructs that are capturing supply and demand right like there's basically limited there's no supply something with no supply so it's just all demand so if like i made an nft if i minted an nft there would it, nobody would want i would have to pay somebody to take it you're like that's the value i mean, i can make a million of these nfts and then i have to start paying a million dollars i would have to pay a million dollars lose a million dollars and then what i guess then hopefully I could buy it back for another million. I don't know. There's that seems like a losing proposition, you know. I think the NFTs. It's like, um, what is? It's non fungible. It's non fuckable. You can't do anything. You can't eat it. You can't fuck it. You can't. What are you gonna do? You can't spend it. Is that? This is what has value now. Nothing. You see, that's where we're at. We're at a place where like nothing is the. You can argue all you want. You know, people say that, you know, about, they say that about Bitcoin, okay? They say Bitcoin has no intrinsic value. Meanwhile, motherfuckers are just paying a million dollars for a rendering of a baseball card online. Like, no, you know what I mean? It's not even a physical object. So then what is value? What's intrinsic? What does any of this mean? What is that? Why? You know what I mean? Things have value because the market decides it does. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's no other, there's no labor theory of value like the commies want, you know, there's no fucking whatever, any of the value that like, the, you know, based on the nation state or based on, they're like, no, 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 it's the fucking market. That's just the market. That's all it is. You fucking make shit illegal. There's a black market. That's, you want to drive the price of a, up of something, make it illegal. That's just, that's all it is. Okay. Anyways, I feel like NFTs, um, you know. What if there were some fuckable tokens? Why do they have to be? Why do all our tokens have to be non-fuckable? Can we fuck them? What if you could make fuckable tokens? Like what if it fuck coin? Like some kind of coin? Yeah, and you could actually fuck it. Like what is that? Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? That would have some real value, wouldn't it? Then at least it wouldn't be imaginary. What is that really though? Is that am I creating some kind of crypto, uh, like whore network? A crypto. <laughs> A crypto, let's say crypto call girls. Ooh, crypto call girls. We'll go ahead, find your favorite uh, escort on the blockchain. You know, and you can verify. You can verify that this whore is that. Oh, you can't call them whores because this is a, we're a classy outfit, guys. We're going for people who have net worth. Do you understand me? I'm gonna call them whores. We're gonna call them um, 
crypto courtesans. That's what we'll call them. We're little courtesan, <laughs> crypto courtesans. Okay. And you can find your courtesan on the blockchain. What is your, you know, size, weight, race, whatever you like. You can have them verified on the blockchain. And these are not NFTs. These are FTs. Okay. These are fuckable tokens. You understand me? That's where their value lies. You understand? Okay. So anyways, all this talk of fuckability, fungibility, all of it makes me feel like NFT stands for now's the fourth turning. Now it's the fourth turning. I try, I try to make that happen. I'm trying to bet. Now it's the fourth. What the fuck is a fourth turning? I think I mentioned this last podcast. It's the book I've been reading. Uh, I finished it. Uh, it's very, hey, listen, um, the fourth turning, It's I highly recommend it. This book was written in 1997, and it's just like a prophecy of what's to come. And I would say it was like 80% accurate, not 100%. Some misgivings, um, but overall, fucking crazy. I mean, it is basically the point of the book is that there's uh, spring, summer, winter. Spring, summer, fall, winter, right? You got that in a year, but you also have that in lifetimes, Right, you have like in a person's life, you got a spring, summer, fall, winter. Right, it makes sense. Right, and the seasonality, this uh, this um, lifetime, right, this lifetime is a unit of time called a seculum. Okay, so this is like a Roman thing, probably, but like this is traditional. This is in ancient times, whatever. Time would be divided into seculums, which are usually about 80 years or 100 years, whatever, like the the span of a life, right? And in each seculum, there's four turnings, seasons, four turnings, right? And this book, The Fourth Turning, was writing was written in the middle of what they thought was the third turning coming into the fourth. And by now, we should be in the fourth turning because, you know, according to the book, it would be, um, let's see, so this is the millennium seculum. We are in the millennium seculum of all the seculums that have occurred, right? Um, and um, we have, let's see, there's four, so there's four parts or four turnings, right? There's a, a high, that's the first turning, an awakening, that's the second turning. The third turning is called an unraveling and the fourth turning is called a crisis, okay? So in our seculum that... Uh, our, you know, whatever, the seculum that we're in, uh, the millennial one, the high, the American high was uh, post-World War II, 1946 to 1964, just like a boom, woo, and everything changed, right? The previous crisis, the previous fourth turning was World War II, which changed everything, right? Everything basically changed, the whole world, new world order, fucking Cold War, it's all, okay? The next one is The Awakening, which is 1964 to 1984. And they call that, you know, it's called the Consciousness Revolution. That's when the fucking hippies came. It's basically the hippies becoming, uh, haven't become yuppies yet, but it's like hippies to yuppies transition, right? The fucking, you start with the hippies, you start with the, the sex, the, and then you had the fucking uh, Nixon being impeached, and you had, you know, like all these things, like breakdown of institutions. Again, a lot of stuff that's happening now happening then but then also just the coming of age of the boomers right the boomers were all like protesting and they're all like, you know they're all the kids and they're like we're making change don't trust anyone under 30 and they're all doing that right and then the third turning is the unraveling 1984 to it says 2005 it doesn't know because it was this was written in 1997 in the middle of what they would call the unraveling and they call that culture wars culture wars and it's really about like how the fucking hippies turned to yuppies the yuppies you know that it became the 80s through 90s became this sort of like 
me generation, postmodern generation, like everything started mixing. Everything's kind of breaking down. Everything's, uh, you know, and then I talked about how Jared Lanier in his book, You Are Not a Gadget, talks about how he thinks the corporatization of media back in the late 90s, you know, like all these conglomerates basically bought up all the media corporations that that created a stifling effect in art where art couldn't evolve at a natural pace which is usually pretty quick usually like every decade there's a shift in music right every decade up until the 90s and then it coincides with all these companies fucking um basically just like buying all these media companies and then because now all these media companies who where the artists who are basically the gatekeepers for artists have to go through this corporate route everything is based on numbers everything's based on like what performed well last time what and because art doesn't work like that what you're doing is you're just creating a stifled market right you're just continually replicating that's why it's all fucking repeats everything's like reboots remakes repeats fucking remixes everything is just like old shit old shit old shit you know right because they're like that's what works and that's what sells and that's what happens when you have like bean counters in charge of art right art production like our production is supposed to be organic and natural and it's still going. That's the thing. It's still going on. It's out there. It's just not, you know, you got places like YouTube censoring. You got places, you get all the major outlets deciding what is good and what is bad. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's why this shit has been um, extended. So, so the, it really gets me thinking is like, okay, so the nineties, when I grew up, what am I, each generation is also like part of this, the turns, right? Each generation sort of affects the others up and below. So like right now, what we have are boomers who are old. They're, I don't want to go through this whole thing about like what they're called or whatever, but like, it's like boomers, generation X, millennials, generation Z. Those are like four cohorts now, right? And they're all fucking kind of, you know, fucking like going up against each other because, you know, like, and each, and each, the reason why there are, turns is because each generation takes the place of the last one so the last turning the boomers were middle-aged right like the boomers middle-aged and sort of set up this crisis so we can blame everything that's coming on the boomers (laughs) because they are really the worst the worst uh, the fucking most i don't know they're they really are the worst every single turn it was all about them right Every single turn, when they were born, it was all about the baby boom. They were the fucking prized kids, post-war, oh, you're so great. And then fucking consciousness, the kids were all like, we are changing the world. We're changing the world. Don't trust anybody over 30. And then when they turned over 30, they became yuppies. They became materialistic. They were like, no new taxes. <laughs> they stopped tax. They eroded the tax base. They fucking, And they increased spending. They voted in the wars. Every single... All these motherfuckers who protested against Vietnam or whatever, I experienced this personally. I Yeah, I protested the war in 2003, okay? 2003, I was like, fuck this. Iraq is not... Why are we even going to Iraq? I think I was right. I protested that shit, and I remember that night, my friend Jeremy, his aunt and uncle, okay, who used to be hippies, were fucking going like, how could you block traffic? What if somebody needed dialysis? I'm like, what dialysis? We're talking about dropping bombs. It's been 20 years of dropping bombs now. We've killed over millions of people. Like, what? Dialysis? All right, anyways. They were fucking hippies. That was the whole, I was, that was the craziest thing. I was like, you guys fucking protested Vietnam? And now, and only one of, there's like a whole group of adults yelling at me and my friend Jeremy. And we were 20. They were like in their 40s at the time, you know, so they were boomers. We were like ex-millennials or whatever, exer millennials Um, you know, they're all like, you know, how could you do that? And I'm just like, dude, you 
guys are hypocrites. And only one of them recognized, only one of them was like, no, you're right. <laughs> like only one of them was like, no, we used to, and now you're, you know, you're right. And the rest of them are like, no, that, that, those are boomers. Okay. They're fucking hypocrites. Okay. Now here we are fourth turning. Okay. They're entering elderhood. They're the fucking, they're the guys who fucking, the boomers are who we were protecting for this pandemic. The boomers are the most susceptible ones in this pandemic. And they fucking shut down the entire thing. They fucking ruined young people's lives. They don't give a fuck about the next generation. That's the thing about the boomers. They don't care. They don't care about, they didn't lay any groundwork for the future. They didn't fucking give any wealth to the next generation, like every other generation before. The boomers benefited from the greatest generations fucking saving, saving money, saving the world from fucking the Japs and the Nazis, you know what I was saying, the commies, saving the fucking, creating all this wealth. And then we rode on that wealth all the way until now, and now we're at a breaking point. So we've been just riding off of that high, you know, that first turning high, the fucking greatest productive time in American history, right? right we've been just sucking that dry all the way up until the point, creating debt, borrowing against it, borrowing against it, and now we're at a point where, whoo, it's just like the strip club. It's just like the strip club with the Molotov cocktails, right? We're just, it's getting to a point where it's like, it's getting wilder and wild. I mean, they are starting to come out with flamethrowers. They are starting to fucking just set play, the place on fire for fun. It's like, what if we just set a corner on fire and then kept this show? You know, they're just that, you know, and they, that, that's fucking, that's the boomers. The boomers are like the management of the strip club being like, well, as long as we're making money, let's just keep this going. <laughs> like, they don't care. They don't care. So there you got me thinking is like, when is the, when is this crisis then? When was the millennial crisis? This book says 2005. So then I wonder is like, was that 9-11? Was 9-11 the beginning of the crisis or the end of the unraveling it's hard to know because there's you know none of these things are really like distinct lines right but i guess the thing this book says about the crisis is what makes it very different from the unraveling is like everything's changed right so the unraveling is sort of about the deconstruction of what we believed you know every like nothing really meant anything Think about Quentin Tarantino, like a movie was just a remix of things. You know, that's really the height of hip hop and electronic music. We're just remixing. The remix culture was coming on and, and new things were actually being made from that. Right. But but at the same time, it, it does point to a sort of dismantling. Right. Things are being dismantled. So 9-11 happens. We get hit. It changed. It did change everything. It did change. everything, But it didn't. At the same time, we fucking doubled down. We like double down on the shit we did in the 90s for another 10 years. See, this, that's the thing. It's like, was that, I think that should have been the moment. That should have been the crisis, but then nothing. So then we had the great financial crisis eight years later. And I think, you know, a lot of that was just because of the, the housing, but with the financialization of everything, the speculative housing market. Also, the fact that we had just been dumping trillions of dollars into the war for the past fucking eight years. And, were, you know, everything was getting stretched thin. Things were fucking crap, right? And then, so that might have been the start of the fourth turning, right? 2008, not too far off from the prediction. That might have been the start, right? Um, so did that change everything? I don't know. It's hard to say. Did it change everything? Did Obama coming change it? No, because when Obama came in, that was the opportunity he had to change everything. But instead, he also doubled down on the old status quo. He fucking helped the banks. He propped up Wall Street. He was like, let's just keep this, kick this can down the road for another 10 years so we did it we fucking got to 2016 now i know to a lot of the democrats out there and the media types like that was the crisis that was the culmination that was the oh that was the whole that was the and it really was it 
Was it? No, no, not really. I mean, the pandemic, it was the pandemic, the crisis. I mean, I guess now I could say things are changed, but not not for the reason, not because of the disease, because of the government. But maybe is that what the fourth turning is? Maybe the fourth turning, maybe the change that we just don't see coming, which is usually what the whole idea of this fourth turning is. Like after World War One, no one saw World War. Like people knew it was coming, but no one knew it was going to go like that. No one thought we were going to nuke Japan twice, right? Fucking there would be a Holocaust and there would be, you know, just the fucking the meat grinder of World War One would be doubled down and exponentially. You know, you, you, you think that's killing on a mass scale? Hold my beer. You know, like we're going to fucking come with nukes. Okay, we're gonna fucking kill. We kill over a thousand people in like a second. How's that? Boom! You know, game changer, right? And then that created the nuclear arms race, and that changed everything. So something like that's coming. But what is it? The invention of the internet? You know, what we, we don't know. Like we're in the middle of it, so it's so hard to know. But whatever it is, is afterwards everything's supposed to be changed. And I think for some, they think it's that's now. Like the pandemic changed. Like post pandemic, everything's the same. But is it? With Texas opening up, Connecticut opening up, everybody just opening up and just saying fuck it. Because I don't think it is because it actually didn't do anything. 9-11 did something, but then we fucking, you know what I mean? We doubled down on the way things were. The great financial crash crisis did something. It did change things. I mean, people, we've been in uh, a low-grade depression ever since then. We're probably still in. We were just about to get out of one now thanks to this pandemic uh we're not gonna you know we're gonna be in another hole trying to climb out of that hole too after this uh pandemic maybe it's a time it's a come to jesus moment maybe it's a time for us to be like you know what we shouldn't print all these dollars and be at war anymore and we should be no but we're not we're still doubling down still doubling down so i don't know i don't think the crisis has come I don't think it's I don't think it's here yet, and I don't think the crisis is what everybody thinks it is. I don't think the crisis is going to be like Trump voted the rise of fascism, Trump, and I don't think it, the crisis is what everybody else, you know, on the other side thinks the Chinese influ- influence the Chinese and the the communist takeover of the black. No, these all these people make money off the status quo. They don't want a revolution. Don't you understand? They don't want. They just want a bigger piece of the pie that's going on. You know what I mean? Like, say this. Let's use the strip club metaphor again. Okay, the fuckable tokens. All right. This tri- <laughs> that's what the strip clubs call. It's called fuckable tokens. Okay, they're not non-fuckable. They're fuck. These tokens are fuckable. I mean, you get. A, I mean, once they put down the Molotov cocktail, you try to. <laughs> you don't. You might get burned. You might singe yourself. But they're fuckable. These fuckable tokens. Welcome to fuckable tokens, where our strippers hurl Molotov cocktails at each other and juggle them back and forth like experts. Okay, like you buy at all to warrants cherry pie. All right, and this is. Do you understand how much money this place makes? This place makes so much money, right? So, like, the Chinese, you know, Trump, or whoever the Trump people are, like, just to, the people, those people, they don't want to stop this. They don't want to stop this fucking flaming merry-go-round. Are you kidding me? This is a fact. They're just trying to get a bigger piece of the pie. They're trying to see if they can ex- make the place bigger or make it more ordained. Can we maybe make it, maybe use blue fire or something? I don't know, just something, jazz it up. Can we use napalm? I don't know. Can we just start? What if one of the girls gets burned every night? Just one, and you can bet on who it is or something. I, you know what I mean? They want to keep this thing going. Whatever is coming, whatever the quote-unquote crisis is, whatever the change, the turn, fourth turning, whatever it is, is going to be on the scale of something like World War II. 
or the Civil War, which was the one before that, or the American Revolution. You know what I'm saying? Like this history changing things. And right now, I think America as it stands has been the global hegemon since 19, since the middle of the unraveling. Right. The unraveling, I think, was part of the quote unquote unraveling is like unraveling the old world order, which is um, or which was the Cold War. Right. So the Soviets gone. U.S. is now the unipower, unipolar world power, global hegemon creates a global world currency through the petrodollar. We invade countries, little tiny countries who go off the petrodollar, try to sell their oil and gold. We fucking we're in there. That's what fucking Libya did. Saddam Hussein was trying to create a petrodollar. We fucking went in there, right? You try to create a petro, we're going to go in there. There's a good chance that they'll use Bitcoin to buy oil, and they're going to go in there unless unless it's a big country like Iran or Russia or they're backed by China. or you know. So I think the coming, whatever this coming crisis is, I don't know if it's going to be a war. It could be. But I don't know if it's going to be a war. But I think what it is is going to be the shifting of paradigm of the U.S. being the global hegemon to not being the global hegemon. But what does that mean? We don't know. And what's the U.S. going to do? Is he just going to stand by and let fucking, you know, like for Britain to give up its seat as number one, it had to go through World War One and two. Two world wars in Britain had to just be like, all right, we got nothing, and America took over. That's why America is on its high. So whatever happens next, it's going to be a similar thing where America – what we think of as, as America is number one, the greatest country in the world, could never die, you know, a thousand year reign of freedom, you know, like all that stuff. It's kind of change. It's going to come to an end, but we don't know what that means. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying like America's going to break up. I'm not saying there's going to be another civil war. I don't know. I don't know is what I'm saying. But whatever it is, I don't think it's happened. I think everybody, a lot of people are kind of acting like, oh, we're in a new world now. Things are post Trump or post Obama or post this or post that. But I don't. I don't buy it at all. I don't buy it. Like those, all these motherfuckers, including Trump. Okay. Maybe, I mean, look, there's a case to be said, maybe he earnestly thought he could change things. Okay. But it, it's clearly the president does not have power. Okay. Clearly the president just has to play ball or they'll get rid of you. All right. And, um, you know, none of these stewards of our country, none of these stewards took us into the next era. They just, kick the can down the road and just fucking pumped up, pumped up, you know, the fucking debt bubble, the fucking printed more money, you know, fake money. The fucking just created their like, just double down on like authoritarian laws, eroding the constitution. Fucking Obama assassinated, you know, citizens overseas. You know, Trump also just fucking jailed, just jailing whistleblowers, you know, fucking, and also killing Trump has blood on his hands too. You have to have blood on your hands if you're president, okay? That's just part of what it is. And the reason that is is because you're a steward of the military industrial complex. Or as my frequent listeners know, the Mickey Mat, which George McGovern on Scott Horton's podcast shared with us. The Mickey Mat. Ray McGovern. Look up Ray McGovern. Mickey Mat. Military industrial congressional intelligence media academic think tank. Boom. It's a big club. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. Uh, so I think um, we're sort of in a state where people want us to believe. They want you to believe that, um, you know, they just want you to believe that the crisis has happened. We're in a new high, and this is it. This is it. But, but we're not. You can feel it. 
You can feel the uneasiness. You can feel it. You're just like, is this it? What else is out there? Who's coming? It, when you're on top for this long, someone's coming. Yeah, and again, this is not the threat of war. It could just even be a slow decay, decline. You know what I mean? Like it's just a slow eroding, and then they just pick apart all the the pieces like jackal. That that could be what's going on now. Managed decline. That's what they call it, right? Wow. I'm optimistic though. Here's the thing. I'm optimistic because this thing has to happen. I want this. Whatever it is has to happen so we can move on. Okay. It's like, you know, that pregnant feeling in the air before a thunderstorm where you're just like everything just, you're just like, come on. Or I don't know if you live with a woman, you're, you know, it gets to be that time of the month and then you're like, just come on. <laughs> just, just, you know, and then the storm breaks and then the blood flows or the, you know, the rain flows, uh, I mean, and, uh, you know, and then it's just really, ah, relief, relief. And then life can go again life can you can use any word you want in the house you know you like you just then it's just free you know it's a new time of freedom green pastures you know hey i say bitcoin is part of it bitcoin is a life raft you gotta find your life raft everything as the fucking flood comes right this is what we're talking about it's, the, it's like noah's ark You're like what is your ark you gotta find the ark you know the ark is like your your tight circles your citadels right the, the things that you build around you your fucking network of people Right. And uh, the community or whatever on the ground level, not this national bullshit that the fucking government media is trying to sell. Like we're all like the like it really matters who's president. If you fucking if it still matters to you who's president after all this, you're you're lost. You're gone. You're think of what products you buy because you're probably just brainwashed. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. You know what? There's a way out, though. Bitcoin is one way out. Opening your eyes is one way out. Going through the shit that you know you're avoiding you know what you need to do you've been out of the cave you've been out you've someone's taken you out of plato's cave once and made you see the light and you're like "Ooh, i do not like you saw your reflection in the sunlight and you're like i do not like this let's go back (laughs) okay you know you did it and you think that you can get out of this you could just stay in the cave forever or that somehow you're gonna magically get out of the cave by going in deeper to the cave that's not you gotta rip the band-aid off you gotta get out there fucking be blinded be see the ugliness see it that's you that's you and that's the only way this shit is gonna get better um amen all right okay well thank you guys so much for listening to the rudgeon kim cast um, this has been episode 229, non-fuckable tokens. I think it's <laughs> non-fuckable tokens. My favorite part of all of this really was uh, the strip club I invented called Fuckable Tokens, uh, where they hurl Molotov cocktails and you just make it rain. If you don't make it rain, you're going to light this place up. I think that's one of the my fun things that I had. I hope you had fun. Thank you so much for listening. Find me on, hmm, find me on Twitter. Uh, find me on Buzzsprout. Just type it. Go to RojanCamp.com. Nothing's really changed yet. Um, but I hope if you do get into Bitcoin, if you are into Bitcoin, if you're looking to buy some Bitcoin, go ahead. Please go to SwanBitcoin.com slash Rojan. Um, and just hook a brother up. You get $10. I get $10. Every time I get someone to sign up, just hook a brother up. Um, you can do that. If Once you have some Bitcoin, you join uh, Sphinx Chat. Hopefully you can join Sphinx Chat. I don't know how people can join it. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Okay, once I figure out that whole thing, maybe I can get some people aboard. Maybe we could start something here. 
I'm trying to expand it to new networks, new horizons. You know what I'm saying? So let's do this. We do this together, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.